This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Franchise Tag. I'm your host, Eric. I love my buddy, Chris. How's it going, Chris? Hey, everybody. How's it going? Good. Uh, so, we have a lot of ground to cover today, um, so we might as well jump right into it. I'm going to have to pull out my phone real quick. Fun little thing that I noticed ever since we started recording is... Um, I've had to go back and watch the, the the footage, obviously, and I have to go back and actually edit some snippets to put on our YouTube channel. So if you guys didn't know that, check out the Franchise Tag Sports Podcast YouTube channel to watch some of those. We have about three episodes, three clips up there right now, and every single time my phone's out, because that's where I get my information from, <laughs> but it doesn't look professional at all. It looks like I'm just texting while talking to you, and I'm just knowing the stats. Like That's what it looks <laughs> like, because it looks like I'm constantly moving around like the phone, and it doesn't look like I'm reading it, because I'm constantly like scrolling, so it never, yeah. lo- it never looks good. But lots to cover this week. Um, in a short period of time... Um, ever since the last episode, a lot of things went down. And I'm talking a lot of screenshots that I took um, from Adam Schefter, NFL Update, um, and everything like that. So let's start from the beginning here. Let's see how far back I got to go. All right. So to start here, let's talk about Patrick Pearson. So mm-hmm. there was an incident that happened this week um, that Adam Schefter tweeted, Arizona's eight-time Pro Bowl cornerback Patrick Peterson is being suspended. Originally for the first eight games of the season, now it is six. Um uh, for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing drug policy, um, league sources told ESPN. And so, again, now it's a six-game suspension. Originally, it was eight. Um, and it's set to cost the cornerback, Patrick Peterson, uh, $3,882,352 in lost wages. Wow. And that's millions wow. of dollars. Hmm. Um, so that's going to take a lot out of his contract. And I feel like this is... Some pretty bad timing for Patrick Peterson, and here's why. Um, so last season, um, he expressed his desire to leave Arizona and go to a different team uh, by the trade deadline, and it looked it looked as if like the Steelers were interested, maybe the Cardinals were interested in doing that move. And then he came out a couple days later, I think a week later, and said, "Hey, I think I'm I'm going to stick around with the team. This is the team that took a chance on me. I'm just going to keep moving forward and." do what I got to do here in Arizona. And it looks to me now, by the deadline this year, I think he will most likely be out of Arizona and to a different team. And I don't know what team that's going to be. It actually might be the Steelers again. Um, but now that he's gone for the first couple games, I think Arizona is going to try to get him out of there uh, ASAP. Um, considering how talented he is, I would try to keep him as much as you can. But um, it's a shame that this happened because this dude is one of the best to ever do it. Yep. Um, eight-time Pro Bowler. He, I think he's become a Pro Bowler every single season. He's every been year, yeah. Every single year, and now that won't happen this year. Um, I don't know. What would you think about that when that first came out? To me, it was very shocking, and um, I, I, I never expected someone like Patrick Peterson to fall into that scenario ever. Yeah, I felt the same way. I mean, there not that you expect certain players to be uh, using you know, performance-enhancing drugs or whatever, but him especially, he's just somebody that always had a good character. He was always supportive of everybody I feel like and he's just not somebody that I could see doing that so when I heard that and then I heard that he wasn't going to be able to be in the Pro Bowl this year and I was just kind of like wow like I it, it was a weird feeling but I kind of felt like sorry for the guy I felt upset for the guy like I was like wow that was kind of like a letdown like I'm upset and I'm not even a fan of the Cardinals that kind of this kind of speaks volumes to me because 
Patrick Peterson could have been doing this for a very, very long time because you don't just come out with PEDs after putting up the performances you did. And mm-hmm. he could have just taken a chance and took, you know, a substance that maybe he wasn't sure about. That's always the excuse that happens. But at the end of the day, this might be a mindset that he's in right now where he's kind of unsure where his place is in football right now. He wants to win. He's currently not winning. He's mm-hmm. restarting with a new quarterback. And I know he's on defense. But again, you've seen teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example, where their defense has trouble going out on the field every single time Blake Bortles throws an interception and because, you know, these guys can't get a, can't catch a break and you don't want to end up playing for that guy. You get mm-hmm. Kyler Murray coming in and uh, we're going to get to him a little later on because apparently he's already winning over the, 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 you know, the locker room and everything like that, which is very good. Um, but, you know, you're moving on from Josh Rosen to a new quarterback and Larry's probably going to have his last year, but he says that every single year. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, when the whole dynamic of the team changes and, you know, remember this guy had his golden years when he was playing with uh, like alongside Honey Badger, mm-hmm. and now he's not doing that. And their defense isn't so great. They don't even have Bosa to help them out. And you know, I don't know, man. He's probably in a, such a weird state of mind right now where he actually has no idea where his career is heading. And he's going to have a lot of time to reflect on this. He's losing a good chunk of money, so maybe this is a wake-up call for him. Um, if he sticks with Arizona, I mean, it's not really up to him because, again, it's a business. So if the Cardinals organization ends up trading him by the deadline, uh, where do you think would be good fits for him? I honestly thought when the Steelers were showing interest and Patrick Peterson, I think, tweeted about it um, when it was when the players were tweeting at him that he was interested in going there. I thought it was a perfect fit. Yeah, I could see them or another team that I could think of that might – you know, make that jump would possibly be the Packers. Packers. I could, I could see him going there too. They did. They did draft a lot of defensive players, and mm-hmm. they did um, sign him in free agency as well. That would be honestly a very, very good pick. I think um, him and Aaron Rodgers would have a pretty good dynamic. Yeah. Again, I keep mentioning offensive players versus defensive players, but they really do go hand in hand, especially in the NFL, because mm-hmm. um, when a defense can't catch a break and they go out there just after they got off the field they honestly get very angry and it makes them less motivated to go out there. And yeah. I don't know, this was such a, such a shame to see. I love Patrick Peterson, man. And the fact that he's still doing the things he's been doing on a Cardinals team that hasn't been so great in the last couple of years, especially mm-hmm. when he first, um, you know, started out over there. Uh, it, it's just amazing. The things he, he's done. Um, but yeah, so we can move on from that. Is there anything, any last thoughts on Patrick Peterson? And last thing to add um, after serving a six-game suspension, uh, Patrick Peterson will be eligible to return October 20th at the New York Giants, of course. And we're not <laughs> sure who's going to be starting by then, whether it's Daniel Jones or Eli Manning. But as uh, I've heard from their OTA practices, Eli threw like two interceptions. So it's going to be a long season, man. But um, Yeah, I mean, I know that he's not, because we play the Cardinals too, he's not going to be there. And he would obviously be covering Julio, so... The uh, the whole talk now is, if you remember last year, we had Robert Alford. He was one of the corners. They picked him up in free agency, so maybe uh, he's going to be covering Julio. Yeah, maybe. That'll be an interesting old teammates. Yeah, it's it's honestly, it's honestly going to suck not seeing him play. So that pretty it much is. means Kyler Murray is going to have to carry this team and make some highlights because oh, yeah. you know their offensive line isn't so great. They only drafted one offensive lineman, I think, in the sixth or seventh round out of mm-hmm. the whole draft. They drafted like a wide receiver in the fifth instead of using that. 
Yeah, um, it definitely so, makes his job a lot harder. A lot harder. I mean, he's only one player, but he's one of the best players on that defense. So I kind of so. take it back. I would rather see the Cardinals on Hard Knocks rather than any other team now. <laughs> We've talked about the Giants. Yes, everyone wants to see that, but it looks like everyone's getting along. And when you watch Hard Knocks like that, yeah. that's not what you want to see. When we watch the Browns um, this upcoming season, I actually watched every single episode. Um, it was hilarious because they were focusing on players that had potential but weren't really putting up um, – you know the numbers or the work that they mm-hmm. needed to put in and they, at the end of the day they ended up getting traded or released and they barely focused on people like baker mayfield because he was going to be just fine they focused yeah. on tyrod taylor because you know he was going to be starting out the season and the head coach and the, honestly the, the juicy stuff ended up happening after the show was over so yeah. i honestly want to see um a team that's has a different dynamic. You, know, you jump in, jump right in the first episode. That you hear the narrator start saying, "Patrick Peterson suspended for eight games. What is this? Uh, six games. What is this going to do for um, the defense?" And then you have Kyler Murray coming in. Whoa, that was crazy. <laughs> Yo, that was on camera. That's crazy. <laughs> on, just I think the middle like... bar just broke on <laughs> the couch. This is like this call. This couch. I think a blind person made it. By the way, <laughs> and honestly, I only have it because my dad saw it and he was just like. He knows I've always wanted a couch in this room, so we just brought it up here. I'm gonna check that afterwards, but right now I'm I'm, chill, I'm chilling. As long as we're still in frame and everything, we're good. But that that's hilarious. Uh, but no, back to back to Hard Knocks. Uh, I would love to see the Cardinals be on there. Everyone wants to see the Giants, cool. Everyone wants to see the Raiders, cool. But a team that has now the potential to be better than they were, and just traded away Josh Rosen. It's a whole brand new team, new head coach, and everything. Yep. I feel like that would be very very interesting. It would be. So, Chris, I actually heard a little bit of news this week, more about the Jets. I know we spoke about Mike McCagnin last week getting fired. Adam Gase is a new um, interim GM. And one thing we forgot to talk about, and we'll touch on it just a little bit right now, um, his dynamic going in, and we even mentioned it, the only thing that went wrong for Mike McCagnin and his moves this offseason and for the draft and everything is that he he overpaid for some free agents. Mm -hmm. And that's going to happen every now and then. But... Adam Gase was the one to kind of say, yes, you did overpay. Mm-hmm. And when this came out and he got fired and Adam Gase kind of takes the helm for a little bit until they find another GM, Le'Veon Bell and CJ Mosley now have to come into the locker room and see their head coach knowing that he thinks they're overpaid. Mm-hmm. That's going to be a very strange dynamic to have um, in that Jets locker room because initially when they did the draft and they signed their free agents, I'm like, this team, sky's the limit for them as long as they put everything together properly. Brand new head coach, and I like him, especially when he was in um, Miami because when he used Ryan Tannehill, he was still performing pretty well after coming off ACL surgery. Yeah. And all he had to work with the year before was uh, Jay Cutler, who came back for a year just to kind of make a couple <laughs> yeah. million dollars. So not a lot to work with there. He has everything and anything to work with now. Um, but he's going to have to win over his uh, teammates now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's very a bit, strange. Uh, it's kind of like one of those moves where, you know, you kind of like say what you want thinking that you're out, and then it's like, oh, now you uh, you don't get fired, and now you're stuck with all these people that you just talked about, and now you got to work with them. From what I saw, <laughs> Le'Veon Bell tweeted, uh, I know this thing's whole, whole thing is going down, but I'm still going to play for this team. I'm going to do what I can. That's yeah. the answer you obviously have to give. It's yeah. not the one he's thinking. So I'm no. sure there's a little bit of shade going on between the two now. I'm sure uh, with OTAs, they have to have met a couple times already. I haven't seen anything come out with those guys yet. But no. anyway, moving on from this, not really moving on. We're kind of sticking on the topic. I just wanted to preface it with what happened in the past week. Mm-hmm. So there was rumors coming out. Hold on, I actually lost my place here 
Oh, here we go. So, I actually saw that there was rumors, and this came out from Bleacher Report. Jets are targeting Peyton Manning yep. to fill key front office role, which is obviously being the GM. That would be the most power move ever. <laughs> if Peyton, I'm sure every NFL team is waiting for Peyton Manning to kind of, yeah. you know, dip his foot in. Uh, to being a GM or having a front office role, I'm sure one day he may even become an owner of a team yeah. if that's the case. But him being a GM now, I think that's perfect timing for them. I think he honestly could single-handedly fix the problems um, that you know Mike McCagnan had, Mike McCagnan had with Chris Johnson, who was the owner, and you know Adam Gase, who just came in. Because I'm sure there was just you know butting heads between the, the couple of those guys. Peyton Manning's just a genuinely genuinely nice guy, Hall of Famer. He you know, he's a phenomenal quarterback, and they have a new quarterback, a kid who was the youngest starting quarterback in NFL history last year at, at 20 years old, 21 mm-hmm. years old, I think. Mm-hmm. And now if he can just, you know, work with Adam Gase, and at the same time your GM was already a, a quarterback instead of just being, you know, a billionaire that or, you know, some guy who eventually got the role because the owner's good friends with someone else from Connections. Now you have this guy coming in. He's a real football guy. He's played for years, Super Bowl champion. I think he would be a perfect fit. But how likely is it they pull this off eventually? I don't think it's very likely. Because to be honest, what I see Peyton, I think it's more on the the end of Peyton. Because I feel like Peyton, if he really wanted to be involved with the NFL right now, he could have easily gotten you know, a commentary job similar to what Tony Romo and Jason Witten did. But instead he's doing Allstate. What is it? He, what is uh, the commercials? Yeah, what is it? I don't um, know. It's the insurance company. It Why is do I always insurance. Forget? Uh, I forget what it is. Yeah, I forget the brand. I just nationwide. Know, nationwide, that's what it is. Nationwide. Because he sits there and he's like, chicken parm, you it taste, taste so good. good. That's <laughs> the jingle I was thinking. Yeah. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but I feel like he's just kind of trying to make him, his image outside of football right now. And he's trying to live life without football because he's only known football for so long. Because he, he clearly has the personality and clearly has the knowledge to do something similar to like you know a commentary job he easily could have had it he easily could have jumped in when Witten decided to go back to the Cowboys he easily could have jumped at that opportunity he's not taking it so I feel like I don't know if he would be willing at the moment to jump in as as a huge role like this maybe in the couple years maybe down the road but may, I don't think so right now I think down the line he will but mind yeah. you he's been out of the league for a very very long time he's had his leisure time he has some funny commercials he even made that uh, funny video uh, during Monday Night Football is when Drew Brees broke the uh, oh yeah the yards record right yeah and he was just like oh he's like he broke my record and then he was then he was saying kind of saying congratulations he was being sarcastic about it so he looks like he's having fun in his time outside of the league but at the same time he runs that show um, that pay- I forgot what it's called it's on ESPN I think I never watched it and actually no yeah. it's on the ESPN like app or something some streaming platform where he breaks down film and he talks about quarterbacks so mm-hmm. I still think there's a part of him that still is really attached to football and I think he always will be um, but I think far down the line uh, at least for the next couple of years I don't think it should take too long because I yeah. think eventually he's just going to jump right back in um, to take in that kind of role but if the Jets can somehow pull this off now that's going to be one of the biggest power moves they've ever made I don't think he's a GM for the Jets for long. I definitely think Broncos have their own little issues there, and that's his team that he played yeah. for towards the end of his career. 
and Colts are doing just fine. So if he were to pick between the Broncos and Jets, I definitely think he would go Broncos because they don't even have a quarterback. But at the yeah. same time, you think about it, Jets do have a quarterback. So I'd be a more perfect fit for him. Um, but again, that's just a rumor. Came out of Bleacher Report. Not everything Bleacher Report says is true. And not, yeah. all, not, not all things analysts say or not all things NFL reporters say are true either. Um, unless it comes from Adam Schefter, like originally, right out of the gate, it's not legit. So Yeah, I mean, but, I don't know. I feel like he may uh, – I feel like I know the job won't necessarily wait, but I feel like if he was to take something in the New York area, I feel like he knows Eli's on his way out. I feel like he would take it after. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I get it's it. It's just kind of like, all right, my brother's known for being in New York. I'm not going to take that like that spotlight away from him while he's there. Makes sense. I guess I guess when Eli's out, but that's what I'm saying. But again, at the at the end at at the end of the day, you can't have Adam Gase being the GM at the moment because <laughs> no, right as soon as he the I think a couple hours after he was named interim he GM, made a trade. he traded Darren traded Darren Lee over yeah. to the Chiefs for like a six-round pick or something a, like yeah, that. Yeah. So he's already getting rid of guys Mike McCagnan drafted and who he kept around. Mm, yep. So I think there was definitely a power struggle over there. Adam Gase ended up winning. Mike McCagnan's out of a job. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see what happens in the near future. So let's get into some juicy stuff here. So Buccaneers came out with a crazy, crazy move which is getting rid of their um, defensive lineman, Gerald McCoy, yep. um, who was due to be paid six, uh, $13 million, uh, this upcoming year, and um, they ended up not wanting to pay them. So there was a mutually agreed um, you know, type decision that they made to get rid of him. And from what I heard from reporters on Twitter, that there's never a mutual agreement. The player has no say, so they kind of just yeah. got rid of him in general. Um, and so, so, yeah, I guess he's gone, and he's one of the more talented players uh, in the league, and he was he was the second longest tenured uh, Buccaneers player in history. Um, so that just goes to show you how long they kept him around, and they mm-hmm. gave him that they gave him that contract, and they don't want to end up paying that. What did you think of this move as soon as it happened? And you know, and let's jump into this right away. I was gonna wait a little bit, but Ndamukong Sue ended up yeah. being signed to a one year deal with them as soon as Gerald McCoy was released, like the next day or so. Yeah. And he was signed to a, a one-year, $10 million deal, which is nothing. So they're paying $3 million less, and he also have him on a one-year rental. And mind you, this guy is a very talented player. He's always known for his dirty plays, but the past couple of years, I think he's been just fine. When he was in Miami, um, he still had that part of him there, but he went over to the Los Angeles Rams, mm-hmm. was able to end up playing with Aaron Donald, who, again, he's not a, he's not a, he doesn't have a big head, but... He's a beast to play with, and yeah. that kind of takes the spotlight away from Ndamukong Sue. Even though he probably doesn't want it, you still have to share with that guy the load of work that you get. And they made it to the Super Bowl, could have won, didn't happen. Patriots came out on top, and now he's on another one-year rental um, with the Bucks. So this came out right away. I th- honestly thought uh, this was a great move by the Buccaneers. A lot of people think it's not a great move because it's like, imagine having Gerald McCoy over Ndamukong Sue. Um, Imagine having Ndamukong Sue over Gerald McCoy, and people aren't understanding. They don't want to pay this amount of money to this guy. They want to save money so that they can pay other players. They just got Devin White in mm-hmm. the draft, so he's going to perform great for them. And mind you, this could be a future move. If they're going to end up moving Jameis Winston, you need to have money to end up paying the next guy up, or they end up drafting a guy at the end of the um, towards the uh, the NFL draft next year. Um, but you need to have that money ready to go, and I think it, uh, either way, I think it was Gerald McCoy's time because 
uh, it's just weird timing also because you also lose Jason, uh, JPP yeah. um, to that car accident. So they're a little light on that uh, defensive line, but I think this is a great move by them. If you get an Adamican suit to fill that role and you only have him on a one-year rental for $10 million, that's not one of the worst moves in the world. No. I mean, originally, my first reaction, starting with the McCoy thing, was I was like, thank God. We got him out of the division, and he's a good player. <laughs> I forgot about that. He's, he is in the division. And I was just like, thank God. Then I find out that we get Sue that they they uh we get Sue into our division and I was just kind of like great. I was just like this is of course this would happen. And then it hit me and I was like, you know what? I'm not so upset we drafted offensive linemen in the draft anymore. I'm not so upset about it. Because you're probably gonna Because we're gonna need them. Yeah, you're probably gonna need <laughs> we're them. We're gonna need them. Yeah, for sure. So thank God we have Alex Mack, because he'll probably be dealing with him a lot. And uh, the two new rookies that we drafted for the our offensive line, you better be preparing now <laughs> because we need to keep Matt Ryan up. We cannot have him be getting hit like he did last year. And by having Sue in Tampa and we have to play them twice a year, he's going to be coming. So we yeah. have to be ready. Yeah, definitely. But and, for um, them, yeah, it was a great move for them. Yeah, and it's crazy that this is starting to end up being the draft class that are becoming free agents and they're getting less and less deals now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Gerald McCoy is going to get his money eventually because he's yeah. far more talented um, than Adamakin Sue. I think he's more worn out. and he's been Yeah, to he's pl- been injured. He's, he's been around the league too as well. And so back in 2010, which was that NFL draft, uh, Sue was the second overall pick and McCoy was the third overall pick. And when this initial report came out, they were both free agents before being replaced, um, before Joe McCoy be- became replaced with mm-hmm. Sue. Um, and that was nine plus years ago that draft happened. So Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't know. I think was is it McCoy that they're rumoring may go to the Browns? Is that yeah? So I actually read him? off some of the teams that okay. are interested in Gerald McCoy. So the Cowboys definitely not happening. No, uh, they, yeah, no, they, way, just they don't paid, have money. They paid Lawrence, yeah. and and they're looking for Zeke and Dak. Zeke, Dak, and Amari Cooper. Yeah, to get no, signed. no way. Yeah. So the Cowboys already x that out. Yeah. Uh, the Browns and Patriots make the list of teams oh. that would make sense for Gerald McCoy. It's no. honestly both both of them make a great fit, and what Jerome McCoy actually came out and said he wants to get his money, but at the same time, he wants to be on a contending team. So the Browns still have a lot to prove. They're, you they you know do. they had a promising season last year with seven wins and the talent that they have, and now they have Odell Beckham Jr. All these other assets. I won't jump into that because I'm pretty sure everyone in the world knows how great mm-hmm. the Browns are going to be this year and how much talent and potential they have. Yeah. Um, but with Jerome McCoy on there, I think the sky's the limit with them. So I think. When he heads over there, he's going to be a part of the identity of that team. That was the year the Browns flipped it over. Like they, they yeah. absolutely turned everything around and they jumped up in the division as opposed to being the laughing stock. So if he wants to have that kind of pride with the team, by all means, go with the Browns. But the Patriots, however, you don't even have to go into that because you know they win. Yeah, they know. win Super Bowls each and every year, and he they have the money to pay you. Get. Exactly. So I think that would be a great thing there and. The Patriots just brought back Danny Schoen, so if he plays yeah. with him, he's a fantastic player as well. And, you know, I honestly like those. But I honestly saw this other thing. Uh, Field Yates um, from ESPN actually said, a Colts-Gerald McCoy pairing would be would make uh, so much sense. So Indy mm. has the most cap space in the league. And mind you, those guys did fantastic in the draft this year and last year. Andrew Luck, comeback player of the year. And Leonard, right? Yeah. He's and the they, rookie defensive yeah. player of the year. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 
And, you know, their defense is phenomenal as well. So if you add Gerald McCoy, honestly, they're my Super Bowl pick. So if they end up getting Gerald McCoy, I think it's a no-brainer. Um, but Indy has the most cap space, as I mentioned before. Um, he fits the scheme. And also Justin Houston's there. So you also have yep. a fellow veteran playing with you. Uh, Indy defensive line coach uh, Mike Fair was the Bucks' assistant defensive line coach in uh, 2014. McCoy is an awesome person. Indy places a huge emphasis on culture, gives McCoy a chance to win. Um, I don't know why Colts aren't in the discussion whenever rumors come out of players being released or free agents um, that are insanely talented and need to get paid that the Colts never make the short list of teams that are going to take him. I don't understand that because their cap space is insane they haven't yeah. paid anyone yet and they don't need to pay anyone i know well because so. yeah you think about it there's still a decent amount of rookie contracts of rookie contracts and there's still a, a really good amount of maybe like maybe like five to ten good free agents that are still left that that they can assign they also don't have to pay justin houston either he signed a two-year deal so yeah it's kind of like, I don't know, I feel like every single free agent that comes out or someone who gets released that ends up becoming a free agent, Colts should always make that short list. I honestly think that would be a great pick too, but I know Patriots are going to pull something. I feel like I could already see it. He's a fantastic yeah. fit over there, and that honestly would make their defense insane. And also, I think Bill Belichick is going to actively pursue them because mm-hmm. pursue him because, and honestly, just it came out recently um, that he was going to be um, their Technic, like technically their defensive coach yeah, for the time being. like yeah. They're not looking for any other defensive coach right now. Yeah, I mean, I think what it comes down to, if he's looking for a championship, which it seems that a lot of guys that have been in the league for a while and they're looking to simmer down and maybe retire within the next couple of years, that's what they try to do. They try to find those teams that are going to give them that championship. I feel like if that's where he's at, Patriots are a good, uh, good pick. If he wants to get paid... I feel like he's going to have to go to the Colts. And I feel like if he's looking to really be a part of something, kind of build something, and maybe get a multi-year deal, he might have to go to the Browns. Yeah, I think so too. But honestly, all three teams would be a great fit for him. I really can't see him in a Browns uniform. But at the end of the day, there's a lot of people in Browns uniforms now. I didn't think I would ever see being in a Browns uniform. Yeah. But you never know what happens in this league. So to go back on the free agent thing. So this was a 2010 NFL draft. Um with nine years later, Sam Bradford's a free agent who was the number one pick. Sue was the second pick, but he's now uh, signed to that one-year deal with the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Gerald McCoy is a free agent. He was the number three pick. The number four pick was Trent Williams from the Redskins, who makes the NFL top 100 each and every year. Yep. If, he, if he's not hurt, because he was hurt this year. Um, and number five, Eric Barry, who was a free agent. A free I'm agent. still surprised he's still a free agent, because you can get him on a pretty cheap deal. Any team can pretty much do that, like the Texans or... Any Even team the like that. Even the Colts could do yeah. that because they have the money to pay him. So if you, re- if Eric Berry is looking to get paid some money, which I don't think he deserves at the moment because he just came off that Achilles he's, injury. He's been injured the last year and a half. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and he's a fantastic player. We all know that, um, especially when he was with the Chiefs, obviously. Um, but, again, the Colts should always make that short list. I'll never understand how they never do. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of places for him to go. And I, I, I remember the Browns were actively pursuing him too. Well, yeah, I, f- I feel like he needs to go somewhere right now that – He's not like that. Does not ma- like need a a very like need a starter right now. Yeah, they don't need a starter at safety because he's not going to be their answer. You don't know if he's going to be able to play every snap, every down for the whole season. You don't know. So he'd be more of a, a good you know sub player to have in there to switch in and out. Or you know if somebody else like your starter gets hurt, he's a good guy to fill in. Yeah, and he definitely needs to have a prove it year, which means yeah. he's going to have to take not a pay cut because it's not like he's talking contracts. He's mostly 
trying to get on a team and prove his worth again because he's going to yeah. have to start from scratch ever since that Achilles injuries. Players never really come back well from ACL injuries or Achilles injuries, mm-hmm. so it doesn't come as a surprise that you know he's slow to come back, but I think he'll come back eventually. And um, But yeah, Gerald McCoy and all these other free agents, yeah. um, it's, it's crazy. The 2010 draft, 10 years ago, that's usually the tenure for, for a lot of NFL players. They don't even play past 10 years. Yeah. So the fact that these guys are still up and rolling and Gerald McCoy is going to keep playing for the next couple of years – um yeah. yeah that was a pretty good draft yeah besides sam bradford obviously <laughs> <laughs> but uh so let's get into this real quick so patriots got their guy back their super bowl mvp yeah uh, wide receiver julian edelman has signed a two-year extension with the patriots through 2021 as first reported by mike garofalo um the extension includes an eight million signing bonus and 12 million guaranteed uh well deserved yeah, um, they keep their guy. That just makes them ten times more dangerous because he could probably do another one year deal after that. So it doesn't mm-hmm. even seem like he's done yet. Um, it's crazy the way his timeline ended up being. Because I'll read it right now. Uh, February fifth, twenty seventeen, he makes the catch in the twenty eight to three comeback versus Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, in August, uh, the twenty fifth of August in twenty seventeen, he tears his ACL in the preseason, missed the entire twenty seventeen season. Uh, June seventh. Uh, 2018, he was suspended four games for violating the PED policy. Uh, October 4th, um, he returns. Uh, February 3rd, uh, 2019, he was named Super Bowl MVP. And as of May 21st, 2019, he signed the two-year deal uh, worth $18 million. Uh, crazy, the things this guy's went this guy's went through. And to top it all off, he's... He's living the dream right now because he just graduated from Kent State recently. Yeah. If you saw that, he was yeah. like, he was so hyped. He was like high fiving every single person in the crowd, <laughs> and that's not even his class. He literally graduated ages ago. Yeah. And he was just that hype. It was honestly awesome to see. There's a lot of players this year who are um, finishing their degrees, and it's just crazy how these players are like. I made a promise to my parents that I'd eventually graduate college, and honestly, those are that's those are very cool things to see. But back to Edelman. Um, that gives another. That gives even more leeway for uh, Tom Brady until he retires. Because I don't. Who do you think retires first? Do you think? Do you think those guys retire at the same time, or do you think Julian Edelman kind of cuts it off the year before Tom Brady retires, and then Tom Brady kind of goes after that? Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they all seem to go together, and that's including Belichick too. I wouldn't be surprised if all of them kind of, you know, because when you think about it, it's Brady. Brady and Belichick are like the two you think of when you think of the Patriots dynasty because they've been together from the beginning. Edelman came in eventually, but they've been together from the beginning. And then in recent years, it's been Edelman and Gronk as well. And now, as we all know, Gronk retires. So they're kind of, you know, like they seem to be the offense of that team. They have good players still, but I'm just saying those are like the main guys. But yeah, so it's just... I honestly love seeing this guy play. Super Bowl MVP as a wide receiver. You don't see that too often. Um, he has a couple of Super Bowls with uh, Tom Brady. And the dynamic that they have is something a lot of um, NFL players don't have with their quarterback is that they invite, yeah. they invite each other to their houses. You know, they have fun. They know each other's families. And they practice together in the offseason. And as I saw in uh, Tom Brady's, uh, what, what is it called, Time on Facebook or something like that? Something like that, yeah. yeah. something like that. I watched that, and Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola went over, like, every single day just to practice with each other. 
and dynamic is crazy because the closest thing I can think of between wide receiver and quarterback is uh, Cooper Cup and Jared Goff. Those guys roomed together in uh, in college, oh, and then yeah. and you know they hung out all the time. So if you have that dynamic between wide receivers, you know exactly how he's going to play. If you guys are just on a teammate basis. Um, you don't know how he's going to perform in a game, and if you end up doing that, that's that, that's very beneficial for you. And is it bad that seeing Julian Edelman getting, you know, signed those two years? I'm like, he, they're going to win at least one more Super Bowl between those two years. I just know it because honestly, that that helps Tom Brady a lot more because now he's not stuck with just Nikhil Harry, who just got drafted, and you have to start from scratch with that guy, and you're already towards the end of the, your career, so you're not you're not going to form a bond within that within that time. So. And because you are you lost Gronk like you said before, mm-hmm. and now you bring that guy back. I think he brings a different dynamic to that locker room. Definitely. Yep. So back to free agents, real quick. So I'm going to list some notable free agents. You let me know who's going to get you know signed first within the uh, the time being right now. So I'm still scrolling back. So Gerald McCoy, who probably will get signed soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Berry, as we mentioned before, Jay Jai, Mo Worker, Mo Wilkerson, Trey mm-hmm. Boston. Michael Crabtree, Glover Quinn, Alan Bailey, Donald Penn, Corey Lugit, Lugit, yeah, uh, Morris Claiborne, Des Bryant, Nick Perry, uh, Pierre Garcon, Bilal Powell, Legarrette Blunt, and John Sullivan. A lot of notable free agents there. Yeah, a lot of guys that probably won't get long-term deals. Um, which one of those guys do you think gets signed to a team, and where would they be best fit as of right now? Oh, that's tough. There's a lot of good names. Um, I feel like out of all of them, J.J. is in one of the worst slash best spots because he still has a lot of talent. Uh, he showed what he can yeah. do um, in Miami. Um, he showed what he did in uh, Philadelphia. And he ended up winning a Super Bowl out of it. But he tore his ACL, and he was on his contract year, and it's no surprise that he's not signed right now. But a lot of players do come back from ACL injuries. But mind you, this guy has no cartilage in his knee. So a lot yeah. of people, that's why he got drafted in the fifth round in the first place. Um, but I think he ends up going to a team. But there's not a lot of teams with running back needy right now. Other than, I can't even think of any right now, to be honest with you. Because this uh, this draft that just came around, a lot of running backs went off the board. That fills in a lot of spots. I don't know. He's, if he's going to get signed, I think he's more going to be a backup role. Yeah, I think... Uh, I think- I I can't like think of any particular name. I know you mentioned like Glover Quinn, Trey Boston, and uh, Eric Berry, for example, as like secondary kind of guys. Um, and Morris Claiborne, you mentioned, he's also in there. I feel like a lot of teams are going to go after people that play in the secondary because, well, the reason I feel like they're not signed is because there were a lot of big names that were also available that already got signed. So. You had like you know Landon Collins who went to uh, the Redskins. Then you had ha- didn't Haha Clinton Dix wasn't he a free agent? Yeah, where is so, he now? Um, I don't remember. Honestly, don't I don't know, know why I, I don't remember. Yeah, I'm blanking on that. But you know there was there was um him there was another oh cool Chris Harris didn't leave but there was like you know rumors of him possibly going somewhere. Um, those are just like three names that I could think of off the top of my head. Where? Oh, he went to the Bears. He went to the Bears. Yeah. Okay. So those were just like three guys that I could think of off the top of my head that were very, you know, big. And then Eric Weddle was another one. There was a there was a huge safety free agency class this year. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I feel like they're... And the Packers ended up winning that free yeah, agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like all these guys that were in the secondary kind of got overlooked just because there was such good talent there. 
but I feel like they're definitely needed. It's definitely a position that you want depth in because there's a lot of injuries, there's a lot of problems with it. And hey, you could have somebody that you know is your expected starter, and they could do terrible that year, and then you got to pick up the next guy. And I feel like those are pretty reliable guys. I would even bank on some of these guys ending up retiring at some point for not getting yeah. signed. Like I think Crabtree, I think is at the end of the line. To Crabtree, maybe Des. Uh, yeah, maybe Des might be finishing. Um, but I think Des has wanted that opportunity to play for a very long time. So yeah, not sure. Uh, let's jump into this real quick. So this came out of nowhere, and it's honestly a big blow to the Redskins. But their linebacker uh, Ruben Foster, mm-hmm. who they picked up last year after his domestic domestic violence issue, um, suffered an ACL tear, so he will be out for the the uh, the, the year, whole yeah. season. Um, I don't know. A lot of weird, a lot of memes came out saying like, yeah, you know. He kind of deserved it. Definitely, no one deserves to be injured like that, and we don't even know from the inside out that these domestic violence things were a hundred percent. Well, I'm sure some of it is because there's honestly been crazy allegations, uh, mm-hmm. like crazy. But one of the allegations ended up being false. So, you know, you're really back and forth on this guy. But that's a that's not a big. I don't think it's the hugest blow to them. Um, because they did end up picking him off waivers, so he's not on a contract or anything like that. Yeah, they they knew that it could have ended up wrong. They they knew they they basically said that they knew they took a gamble. Yeah, it's no harm or foul with with this guy. Whatever yeah, happens, it, it's not like you know you picked him up and then you found out that he was in domestic violence cases. Apparently, had allegations. You knew what you were getting into when you picked him up. He got released because of that situation, and you picked him up. So you knew that there was a chance. I mean. You didn't know there was a chance he was going to tear his ACL, but you knew there was a t- chance he may not play. Yeah. So but, um, that happens, but though the, their defense is still stacked, so I don't I don't think yeah. they're, they're freaking out. But Ruben Foster it's, definitely is a talented it's a, player. It's a loss, but it's not. They still have a lot of good talent surrounding that defense. Yeah. Um, so let's get into this real quick. This was some big news, and this definitely stirs the pot a little bit to the contract negotiations. Um, that we spoke about a couple episodes ago. So Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott was handcuffed at a music festival in Las Vegas after shoving yep. a security guard to the ground. He was not charged. Um, there was video. Honestly, the video wasn't too crazy. It didn't show any crazy violence that wasn't mm-hmm. re- for initially reported. Um, but this changes everything with contract disputes that's going on in Dallas right now because initial reports came out that you know, Dak is working on a lucrative contract deal with um, the Cowboys. Amari Cooper still isn't signed, but he wants a sizable deal. Um, and now Ezekiel Elliott, who they don't have to sign, they don't have to sign right now, but eventually they're going to have to, mm-hmm. coming off of his rookie contract. I'm pretty sure now Dallas is focused on Dak first, Amari second, getting those guys back on board, yeah. and Zeke's going to be the last guy to get signed. Um, honestly, th- this is awful for Zeke because. When that initially happened, when he was first, you know, getting those allegations about domestic violence, and then pictures came out and statements mm-hmm. came out from the girl that was involved with this issue, um, they weren't sure how to go about it because they couldn't find any proof. But at the same time, we can't just let him go unscathed. Um, so he ends up getting, you know, um, suspended those six games, but like mid-season. Originally, it was supposed to be yeah, two. It was in the then there was rumblings season. about four, and then ended up being six in the middle of the season. And he came back towards the end. So that happens, and after that, you kind of have to flip a switch in your head. That's like I need to be on my best behavior moving forward, or else I won't get signed, or something. I won't be out in this league anymore. I won't have mm-hmm. a job. Then this happens, and it wasn't anything crazy. He gets no. handcuffed. Yes, he's not arrested, but it's kind of just. 
he's basically was detained, right? Yeah. He, there wasn't any. The security guard ended was refusing to press charges. So that yeah. mean that means you know it wasn't a crazy thing, but this guy can't make any more mistakes. He has to be on his best behavior for the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. He really can't be doing anything. Any comments he makes, he has to be careful now. And that stir that came about just because of that first thing that came around. Because once domestic violence happens, you can possibly get kicked out of the league yep. forever. Like Kareem Hunt just got a second chance. Ruben mm-hmm. Foster just got a second chance at the Redskins, and he's out for the season. And you know, but, but, Tyreek Hill is possibly not going to play an NFL down ever again. I mean, so yeah. and then you have Ray Rice who didn't get that opportunity. He didn't get that second chance. No, and he and he was towards the tail end of his career anyway. Yeah. But they terminated his contract entirely. Mm-hmm. That can ruin your career, and Zeke yep. and Ezekiel Elliott is one of the better running backs in the league. Dude could catch out of the backfield, he could run, and you want to end up seeing this guy play. He plays in a big market city, um, in Dallas. Um, th- th- he's just gonna have to be careful moving forward. And I don't think he's gonna get his contract. Um, obviously he's not gonna get it soon enough, but now he's gonna be last on the list of any players in that locker room to get a contract when the time comes. I mean, that's me personally. I'm not a fan of the Cowboys by any means, but I, I, I personally, I think Zeke is a good running back. I think he's a talented running back. I think in Dallas, he's a very big. He plays a very big role in their success when they win because uh, it was kind of similar, I think, last year to where Adrian Peterson, he, uh, if he like didn't have about a hundred yards or something, they lost. And but if he did have a hundred yards, they were winning those games. It's something like that with Zeke too. I feel like if he doesn't get going their offense just doesn't get going because I feel like Dak can do enough, but Dak really shines when the team is shining. I feel like when they're, you know, if, if Zeke is is out or uh, if Zeke is not really producing, I feel like that and the, all the pressure's on Dak and I feel like he doesn't really, he doesn't take it as well as you would really hope. And especially as we talked about last week where he's expecting or looking to get $30 million a year. I don't, I don't know about that. It's going to end up happening regardless. The, yeah. These guys are going to be in trouble for the next upcoming years. They're they're going to be one of those teams that doesn't end up having the most cap room in the world. They're going to actually going to be in some money issues. So they're going to have to yep. perform well in the draft in the upcoming years now. Um, so they definitely have to fill holes that they need 100% because now you're in you're kind of in trouble with that. But yep. as long as you keep that talent in place, no one gets hurt, which, you know, that's no guarantee. A lot of injuries happen in the NFL. Um then yeah, but I think this is bad news for Zeke Elliott. Um, he's definitely not going to see any big trouble, but no. um, I definitely think that he is going to be the last on the list to get his contract. Mind you, Dak is one of those guys that, you know, he's a role model on and off the field. He, he really doesn't do anything bad. Amari Cooper comes over. He puts on a performance that mm-hmm. he needed to put on to keep a job. And they they sacrificed a first round pick for him, so they took a shot on him, and it worked out for him. So mm-hmm. you want to have those guys get signed first instead of a guy that's you know irresponsible on and off the field. But I love Zeke, dude. I definitely hope he keeps his head up and you know he focuses on football and do whatever you want outside of the NFL once you're done. But while you're in it, you really can't fall behind. Yeah, definitely. It's it's a shame because I feel like a lot of players end up in this situation, and a lot of them have a lot of potential. Obviously, if you're giving an opportunity in a professional sport, you have an exceptional amount of talent. And it just is a shame that sometimes it goes to waste because they make decisions. I mean, this this is not going to impact his whole career, and it's not going to say, oh, he's not going to get signed or he's going to be kicked out of the league. By no means does that mean this. But it's just you don't want 
to see a player going down that road because if you go too far down that road, that means you're going to be kicked out of the league. Yeah. Uh, so that being said, that's, those are my final thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a shame that that happened, but we're going to take a little bit of an ad break here um, and we'll come back to you guys in just a second. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm one of the hosts of Massive Late Fee. Do you remember Blockbuster? Well, we do, and we racked up a lot of late fees there. That's why we're glad there's things like Netflix, Hulu, and Blockbuster has died, mostly because of us. We cover streaming shows and pretty much whatever we want. Join us every Thursday as we talk TV and movies on Massive Late Fee. You can find us at Massive Late Fee on Twitter, Massive Late Fee on Facebook. You can email the show at Massive Late Fee at G- gmail.com and you can find us at myspace massive late fee massive late fee the best podcast we can think of all right we're back here on franchise tag um we got a couple little bit of news um that came out this week too on top of the ones that we already covered um so first thing i have here and we'll go right down the line i'm a little out of order here but it's all right uh the colts this came out of nowhere have signed former broncos quarterback chad kelly it is now a second chance. And mind you, this guy was already on Last Chance U. Yep. <laughs> he was on that show. Yeah. And he's had some issues with the law mm-hmm. um, with his career. And he was released from the Broncos immediately after trespassing. So this guy's had a really bad track record when it comes to, you know, staying. You know, I don't even know how to say it. Staying like a problem, problem free, out of <laughs> trouble. Yeah, exactly. That's what I meant. And now he's with the Colts and... Honestly, it's not the worst thing in the world to be backing up Andrew Luck, and no. hopefully that's that's that benefits him in a way because on the Broncos you've had to back up like Case Keenum and stuff like that. Not to say he's a yeah. bad guy, but John Elway isn't the type of guy to really get the type of talent that he needs in the quarterback position. I think you should stay out of trouble. I think Andrew Luck keeps him out of trouble. I think it's going to be a very interesting locker room dynamic because you have a guy that's one of the nicest players in the league, which is Andrew Luck, and mm-hmm. I have Chad Kelly, who is a great player. You saw snippets of him in the preseason, and you really thought he was going to be the next guy up when it when it was, he was in Denver for that short period of time. Um, but now backing up Andrew Luck, I think he's going to be in a solid place. And this isn't even like a second chance when it comes to the NFL. I think it's, it's like his 15th chance. So who yeah. knows if he stays out of trouble, but... That really came out of nowhere. Very interesting because he was uh, he was Mister he was a Mister Irrelevant in his draft. He was yeah. drafted last, so yeah. so taking a chance on that guy instead of some of the other um, you know quarterbacks in the in the uh, in the free agent market right now, like Josh Johnson or something like that. And they already have Jaco- um, Jacoby Brissett, yeah. Brissett. So he's he's the definitive backup, but now he's he's going to be the third string, obviously. Yeah. So hopefully he can stay up on a roster, but. Very interesting move by the uh, Indianapolis Colts there. Yeah, I know. When I saw that, I kind of uh, – not that I forgot that he was in the league because I remember last year, as you mentioned, he uh, had problems with the law and then he got released. But uh, I remember last year, as you mentioned in the preseason, he was he had promise, and I was I was kind of rooting for the guy. I was like, oh, he's looking pretty good. Yeah, maybe, the preseason looked great. Maybe he'll, uh, you know, he'll prove something and he'll eventually start for the team down the line. And then the whole problem with the law came out, and it was just like, oh. Like, you know, it was, it was, I was really rooting for the guy. And then it was just like, all right, you forgot about him after that. And then I was like, oh, yeah. When the Colts picked him up, I'm like, I completely forgot about this guy. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, Eagles defensive end and two-time Super Bowl champion Chris Long uh, has retired from the NFL. He announced it on Twitter. Um, he was a great player on the field and even better off of the field because, remember that one year, he, don- he donated every single game check to uh, – to schools and stuff like mm-hmm. that to kids with education and he's a very big advocate for that 
Um, he was a phenomenal player, and he's one of the only pl- he's one of the only players. Him along with um, someone else who I forgot his name, but uh, he won back to back championships on two different teams. Um, yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Honestly, he was very cool to watch. I know he's dealt with um, you know a lot of. I think he's had some injuries in his time in the NFL. Yeah. Obviously, that happens to a lot of players. Uh, but what's interesting, what he came out and said was. Um, he already started talking about marijuana the second he was retired. He even mentioned that he even mentioned that you know I I I would be lying if I said I wasn't using my fair share every now and then. So that's a very interesting take because Chris Long isn't one of those guys to you know get suspended for these type of things. He's yeah. a very nice guy, and that goes to show you that marijuana eventually does help you in the long run with injuries and there's a lot of NBA players that are outspoken about mm-hmm. smoking right before games and obviously there's players like Josh Gordon who get suspended for those type of things and you know do you think th- this is a very big question I didn't even think I was going to get to this but do you think the NFL should like unban marijuana or medical marijuana for NFL players well what's really hard about that it's becoming a little bit better now but what's really hard about that is there are some states where it's still not legalized. So it's very hard to have something that says, okay, you know, you can use this, but it's going against the law in some other state. Um, I mean, I feel like it's it's being used by common people, and it's at least it's monitored at that point because some concerns I know would be, oh, people are going to become, you know, over-relying on it, or there are some people that say that it's addictive. I don't know. I don't think there's been anything proven about that. But um, I think that since common people are using it and it's monitored and, you know, this it's, as they said, medical marijuana. It's not just, you know, you're buying it from some guy that you've never met before or that, you know, could be sketchy. I, I think as long as it's medical marijuana, yeah, I think, I think, think it should, I think it should be fine because these guys don't need bad intentions. No. Um, and again, these guys end up taking painkillers, which like, are probably worse for you. Definitely, probably yeah. worse for you if you're taking them every single day and every single game. Yeah. Um, and marijuana is kind of like it kind of helps you for the next couple hours, and then you're off mm-hmm. with it. So yeah. Um, there's addictive traits to it, but uh, the, the medical marijuana usage is something that definitely helps players. And mind you, these guys are putting their lives on the line, like mm-hmm. like literally, like they're gonna they could lose a limb, they could get CTE and you know, eventually commit suicide like these other players have in the past, which is very sad to see. And, you know, they they, to- they tear their ACLs, they tear their Achilles, and these are injuries that stick with you for life. Like, when I had my ACL surgery, it's still with me to this day. Like, yeah. every time I turn a corner, it kind of, it jolts a little bit. Imagine these NFL players who have to come back and play again. Yeah. You know, like, fortunately for me and other people that do that, as soon as you tear your ACL, you're done with whatever you're doing. Yeah. And so, you know, giving these guys a little bit of, high to kind of feel as if they haven't been injured ever that could be very very beneficial and again those are the guys that are filling up your seats and making all the money for your, for the nfl to continue to move so mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world i think there's definitely worse as you mentioned you know painkillers and stuff so i don't think it's yeah i don't think it's the worst thing yeah so it yeah, definitely kudos uh congratulations to uh chris long by the way honestly he was a great player to watch especially he was on the the Eagles, and even came out and said it's one of the best sports towns to play in. Mm-hmm. And I honestly can vouch for that. I'm a Giants fan. But uh, when they won their Super Bowl, no other city is going to be rioting the way they did. So those guys don't want want their teams to win more than anything in the world. So, uh, yeah. yeah, definitely shout out to Chris Long there. So the Panthers have signed former 49ers and Vikings wide receiver Aldrich Robinson. 
had 17 receptions and five touchdowns last season in Minnesota. And this was interesting. So I almost blew this kind of over a little bit because Aldrick Robertson um, isn't a number one receiver. He mm. is He's barely a number two receiver. He's more that number three guy. But when he was in Minnesota, as the second he got signed, he had like two touchdowns his first game. Mm-hmm. Kirk Cousins just kept throwing to this guy. I think him going to Carolina is a really good fit for him. And here's why. So Cam Newton doesn't have a lot of weapons. He's still trying to get used to DJ Moore. Um, Greg Olson comes back in and out of injury due to his foot. And who's their other wide receiver? He constantly uses um, Christian McCaffrey, who's in the backfield. But wide receiver-wise, you have DJ Moore, and I keep forgetting his other receivers. Didn't they have Funches? Yeah, Funches, but now he's he's on the Bills. That's why I'm saying um, they definitely needed to fill that spot. They have Chris Hogan now. um, He's he's going to be their slot guy. Um, But I'm not sure. They may even have him on the outside because Aldrick Robinson is a pretty good slot receiver as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they're definitely running low on wide receivers, but Aldrick Robinson, he's just going to be one of those sneak guys, especially like in fantasy, who's going to put up gaudy numbers, um, because Cam Newton is the only, he's, he's the guy he's throwing to. Cause remember mm-hmm. Curtis Samuel, who is with them right now, right? If I'm not mistaken, yeah. puts up, put up those numbers last year because he would play every single, you know, down on the field. Mm-hmm. Like they had him out there at all times. Then obviously we see Christian McCaffrey who's a phenomenal player as well, puts up those numbers. And so I feel like if DJ Moore doesn't put it together this year, I feel like he's a good size guy. He's from yeah. he's from the University of Maryland, if I'm not mistaken. Right? Who? Uh DJ Moore. Yeah. 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 yeah he's from Maryland. And so, you know, he's still he still has time to put it together. He's a young guy, but Aldrick Robinson, he's been around the league, and he can make plays when he needs to. I think it's mm-hmm. a very, very interesting dynamic that they're going to have now between him and Cam Newton coming into uh, Carolina. Expect him to put up some dangerous numbers as you know, as a, as third-string wide receivers go. I think he's going to put up solid performances over there. I mean, I could see him even maybe eventually going into the role. If you remember, I believe it was the year that the Panthers went to the Super Bowl, how they had Ted Ginn that kind of like came out of nowhere and really started producing and just kind of putting up yards That's and how he ended up getting a job in New Orleans. Exactly. Was so, from those performances. So I wouldn't be surprised if Robinson starts putting up numbers, like touchdowns like that. He becomes kind of a go-to guy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's very interesting there. So here's a big, big thing I wanted to talk about. And this is between the Redskins and the Giants. So Redskins cornerback, cornerback Josh Norman was asked about Dave Gettleman's offseason moves with the Giants. He said, I think we need to put him on salary. I mean, they need to protect Dave Gettleman at all costs in New York because he's winning for us. And he's not wrong <laughs> because no. they, have, they have DRC, they have Landon Collins, and, you know, they lose out on Dwayne Haskins in the draft. So you're pretty much giving up all these guys to a division rival who could yep. potentially – uh, who could potentially move up uh, this year even more than they did last year because um, at before losing Alex Smith, um, you go to Colt McCoy, he gets injured, and you have to sign Mark Sanchez and all these other guys. And mm-hmm. now you have Case Keenum, you have Alec, uh, Alex Smith, who's still in the locker room, who probably will end up playing this year. Um, and the Dwayne Haskins, who probably will end up starting by midseason. Yeah. Um, yeah, those guys are going to end up performing the way they did before, and they ended up losing out. Um in the division because of their injuries. So especially to Dallas. So now there's a lot of talent there and giants have helped them in every single way possible. And here's the other thing. Landon Collins ended up blasting the giants for casting off their superstars. Collins thinks GM Dave Gettleman, uh, believed were too vocal. So here's what I wanted to talk about here. So apparently he, uh, he was also asked about Dave Gettleman from, uh, a reporter Ooh. yeah it got extremely dark in here yeah that's why i was i'm trying to like turn on the light with my phone um <laughs> but i'm like 
it was really sunny before and now it just went down yeah and la- last thing on the storm here because when we were watching the yankees game they said oh there's storms in the area and i'm like oh that's weird because i know yeah. they're in baltimore right now but there's not many things going on by us i guess that was it yeah i guess <laughs> it's here yeah but back to landon collins here so apparently landon collins was asked about dave gettleman and his relationship with him apparently there was zero relationship between the two and he's talking like after games and people say a good game big guy but he never he's not a relationship type guy to with with his players meaning that he's an old school guy mm-hmm. um when he was in carolina it was no yep. surprise to anyone he did the same thing he wasn't really friends with those guys he was more on a business basis mm-hmm. and like I mentioned before, when it comes to quarterbacks, wide receivers, and coaches, and their benefit, and you know what benefits you can get from being friends with these guys, Dave Gettleman just isn't that guy. And what do you think of that? Having the GMs not having a relationship with their players and being on that type of basis, do you think that's the reason why Landon Collins wanted out? I mean, it's it's a tough decision to kind of make because. On one end, you know, you can say, let's say the Giants, for example. Let's just use them. You know, you could say that the reason that Eli is still behind, is still left on the team, is because, you know, the the owner has, like, a relationship with him and the, the fans kind of have a relationship with him, and that's kind of why. And it, there could be some biased opinions on that just because of, you know, there's a relationship there. Whereas, let's say somebody new comes in like for example Daniel Jones everybody already is hating on him and nobody really wants him but let's say you know there was jeez wow let's say let's say there was no opinion whatsoever and he just came in i mean if if you guys released him it would be like whatever you know what i'm saying like no one thinks about it right so sometimes that's a good thing that they they don't have any relationships because then instead of looking at it as you know oh well i like this guy even though his his performance isn't the best on the team. I want to keep him around where, you know, that that can sometimes hurt the team because they're not then putting the best guys out there. But then, you know, it doesn't make the players want to play for that GM. That's what I'm saying because so. Landon Collins, even though he knew he was going to get the franchise tag and everything like that, if you end up having a relationship with your GM and the owners, and I heard John Mara is actually pretty good with his players, and when mm-hmm. happened with he was only not cool with Odell for the yeah. sole reason that he was a really weird locker room dynamic type exactly. guy. He was all about him. But, you know, wow, that's so loud. You can hear that. I know. It's crazy out there. Yeah, my, you know, uh, a uh, warning, to, not a warning, but don't mind the noise in the background is what I'm trying to say. It's but, boring. Yeah, but back, to, <laughs> but back to Landon Collins real quick. Um, if he ends up getting franchise tagged and he likes the team, and he li- obviously he does like the team because he has a lot of friends on the on the uh, giant squad, but mm-hmm. if you're not really you know, on good terms with your GM, you're not going to want to play for that guy, and no. he's going to keep franchise tagging you, and you don't want him to step over you, so... He did the right thing, and now he has one of the highest-paying contracts for safety. Yep. Unfortunately, it had to be the Redskins, but um, we're going to see very soon if Giants are going to end up paying the price this season. So Definitely. Yeah, it's definitely sad to see there. Um, so here's one of the big things I wanted to talk about this week, and we're going to jump into this so hard, and I'm, I'm really excited to see what you have to say about this. So Seahawks' Bobby Wagner, their linebacker, isn't mm-hmm. practicing at OTAs, but he is present. He tells reporters that he wants his next contract to top what C.J. Mosley got in free agency, which is $17 million per year. And this is this sucks because good luck because they, they just paid Russell Wilson that humongous yep. contract. And on yep. top of that, um, C.J. Mosley, 
I don't even think was supposed to get that contract. Like he deserves a giant contract, yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. Bobby Wagner deserves it more than him. Yes, he definitely does. And if they can somehow pull this off and sign Bobby Wagner, um, that's going to be crazy because Bobby Wagner is one of those players that he stuck around through thick and, through thick and thin with the Seahawks. Yeah, he's and the only one left. From he's the, the only one. Is he's the only one left? And this year he he completely tore it up. Yep. And you know I, I really hope the Seahawks keep him on the team. You don't want to see this guy go. Um, but the fact that C.J. Mosley set the like set the new market and the Jets set the new market for for linebackers now, um, that's going to be very tough to do because that's definitely what he's going he's going off of what C.J. Mosley got. So yeah. that means he definitely deserves more than that. Mm-hmm. And you know I, I honestly don't think the Seahawks are in the right place right now to end up giving him that money. I mean I think it's just funny. <laughs> It's, it's like he's like like it's a lock in. He's not locked out. He's locking himself in. Like he's going to practice and just not doing anything. Well, I think he's kind of doing the Odell Beckham thing where he goes yeah. to OTAs and he's, he's expecting a, his contract. But Odell ended up actually practicing and going to OTAs and doing yeah, like that. And then eventually got his contract. But Bobby Wagner is going and d- showing up. But I think that makes it even easier for, you know, their GM to kind of be like, all right, he's here. He cares. But at the same time, there's that barrier because he wants that money. I'm pretty sure Earl Thomas did this last year too. Did he not go to there and just not practice? I'm pretty sure he did something like this too. Yeah, and, and it showed because at the end of the day, the Seahawks kind of ended up winning that because yep. they. I think they made it very clear, like we're not we're not going to pay you. We don't have yeah. that right now. And Earl Thomas just kind of gave in. He's like, well, this is my job. I want to play football. So yeah. he ended up coming back. And he didn't do the Le'Veon Bell where he loses out on X amount of money. And so he ended up playing, but he ended up getting injured. He finally got his money with Baltimore, um, which I'm very proud that he ended up getting. But I'm pretty sure Bobby Wagner is going to end up pulling off these type of moves. Do you, uh, do you think he's the type of guy that ends up holding out? Or is he kind of the Earl Thomas type guy where this is my job. I'm going to have to end up playing to keep my money intact. Well, I mean, I think before... This whole situation, he's the kind of guy that he just wants to play football. And you can show every week he goes out there, he gives it all, his all, you could tell. But I think by watching each and every one of his members of the Legion of Boom go somewhere else and get that contract, I feel like he's kind of feeling, you know, maybe disrespected is the word. I don't know how to, how to word it, but he's feeling like, wow, you know, all these guys kind of felt like they weren't getting paid their worth and they went out there and they got it. So yeah. he's, he's looking at it as, well, I want to stay here, but if I don't like if I don't get my contract all these other guys have have gone and been successful and gotten their contracts so what's keeping me here I don't think he's gonna get this money and I don't think so either obviously every player wants to stick with their team because yeah. when you go somewhere else you got to kind of build that locker room back up again rather mm-hmm. than just staying in the locker room you were originally at in the first place and honest honestly he's gonna end up being moved to a different team at the end of the day if Seahawks can somehow pull this off I don't know. It's it's gonna put them, it's gonna, it's gonna put it. them in trouble later on, obviously. But they honestly did a pretty good job with Russell Wilson yeah. because they only signed him to a four year deal, and you're obviously giving him top dollar, and he's now the number one highest paid uh, quarterback. But the reason why they were able to pay him that money is because they only kept him for four years. So it looks like they yeah. kind of have a plan in the future, um, and I th- and I think they're handling it right right now. But to lose Bobby Wagner this upcoming season, if they don't end That's up paying huge. him. It's huge because I mean, he is yeah. that defense. He the really only, is. The only thing I can think of is maybe them getting rid of like they, well, some they of lost their Clark, like so. ten running backs that they have. Maybe. Oh yeah, if they can somehow like maybe if they got rid of some of them. Like, like if you I just if you just didn't draft Penny in that draft. Oh my! I've talked about this. Well, that's what I'm millions saying. of they, times. They have like four or five running ever. backs. Yeah, so maybe do. if they get rid of some of them. Or, well, they lost Davis. 
Yeah. But they ended up getting they didn't get any assets out of it. No. You know? So I I don't know. I mean, you're you're not going to be taking that defense and you're not getting rid of anybody else on that defense because there's nobody really extremely valuable left. Other you know, he's Yeah, you lost Frank Clark to exactly. the you know, so, that's so he's a huge really blow. it. And he's like the middle linebacker is like the core of the defense. Yeah. So you do not want that to happen. He's kind of like, you know, holding it up with all his might right now. He's holding together that defense. And if you let him go, it's just all gonna fall. The second I think of Bobby Wagner is this year when he went up when he when he went up against the Vikings, I think it was on Monday Night Football, he tore it up. Mm-hmm. And it was kinda like you see that He's the field general out there. He's putting yep. it together. And if the offense is struggling, which they have year in and year out, and they kind of put it together a little bit this year, you kind of saw glimpses because, you know, Chris Carson comes back and he mm-hmm. performs the way he should be. And their offensive line has been awful for the past couple years now. Yep. Bobby Wagner is definitely a bright spot over there. Definitely. And they lose Cam Chancellor. They lose Doug Baldwin. And you're losing a lot of pieces here. I mentioned Frank yeah. Clark before, and he Sherman. got a massive contract. I'm sure he's thinking exactly what everyone is thinking right now, which is if Frank Clark got $105.5 million, yep. Bobby Wagner probably deserves two times more than that. Definitely. And that's not going to happen. So he's looking to get his money. Mm-hmm. Um, if the Seahawks pull it off, man, I'll say it again. I think they're going to be doing it right. They got You got to keep that guy. I think they do. I think they they definitely need to, but I do not know where that money is going to come from. I don't think so. I don't I have no idea. There's there's no shot. Um, but yeah, moving on from that, I thought that was very interesting how he shows up to OTAs and it's just, just doesn't like, do anything. And he's like, yeah, the first thing out of his mouth is like, I want to match it with C.J. Mosley's. And to kind of touch on C.J. Mosley for a second, um, he's a phenomenal player, but yeah. C- Every player, each and every year, sets a new market for how much money a position player should be paid. And C.J. Mosley is going to be that mark for the next couple years as to what linebacker should be paid. Again, we mentioned Devin White earlier in the show. As soon as he's out of that rookie contract, he's going to be paid like $18 million a year and or I something mean, like that. He's going to be like that next guy up. Well, I don't know the, who's the next guy up right now. but That's the thing. I mean, now you look at it as like... Like you mentioning, you know, all these guys that just got drafted, all these guys that are currently on rookie deals and got drafted within the last few years, this is hurting those teams because... When you think about it, you know, having a player on a rookie deal is like, it's like heaven for a team. They're like, oh, thank God, you know, we have them for the this rookie deal. And if they end up panning out, it's like, wow, this is awesome. We don't have to worry about paying them right now because they still got another two years, three years on their contract. And then, uh, you know, then we worry about it. We can worry about some of the veterans right now. But, you know, having to now in the back of your mind realize, okay, well, I'm going to be paying this huge contract to... A linebacker, I mean, they're a very important position. A middle linebacker is, like I said, the core of the defense. But when you think of these highest-paid players, you're thinking of, you know, receivers, you're thinking of quarterbacks, you're thinking of running backs, maybe corners, I don't know. You don't necessarily think of linebackers. Defensive ends. Yeah, you don't think of linebackers. So the fact that now that price tag is going up even more, it's now you're going to have to really know how to work your, your money and your finances in the NFL now because – there's things down the line that it's kind of like you're going to watch a lot of good players walk because they can't pay them. And it's going to eventually at some point max out. They can't keep going up every year. There's no way it's going to be able to happen. But I think what it's going to come down to is these players, whether they truly want to stick around with the team or they're more in it for the money. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, because like Leonard and Derwin James, those guys are going to get paid. So exactly. expect those guys to set a new market as well. Exactly. And Good luck, NFL teams, because now there's these there's these positions, like you said, wide receivers, quarterbacks, and defensive ends, and stuff like that, that are setting new markets each and every mm-hmm. year. 
if linebacker ends up changing the game and making it a new position where players need to get paid, yeah, everyone's cap is going to be screwed from yep. there on, really. Um, mm-hmm. So speaking of OTAs, like I mentioned before, um, let's talk about what's going on around the league. So Cooper Cup on the Rams is out there running routes again, which is good to see. Mm-hmm. Um, we really saw the loss uh, when he first um, was injured and – you really saw that Jared Goff was struggling to get to his targets. Yeah. And without Todd Gurley, who's helping him out in the backfield, um, he really struggled even more. Um, with Cooper Cup coming back, I think he really changes the dynamic between, you know, wide receiver and quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. And I think Sean McVay likes those two together, and I think he plans on using those guys to their full ability. Um, but Rams aren't the type of team to keep a wide receiver for a very long time. So they, they did sign Brandon Cooks. But he's the type of wide receiver where you think he's a wide receiver one, but he's much shorter, and he—it's just weird that he's—he's he's a great wide receiver, but I don't know why there's that notion that he's the definitive number one receiver when he comes to being on a team because he really isn't. When he was on the Saints, um, he ended up dipping. He ended up leaving. Well, did he go on free agency or did he get traded? I think he got traded to the. No, he signed with the Patriots, right? Yeah, he something signed like with that. The Patriots, so he ended yeah. up getting out of of the Saints because they have Michael Thomas yeah, now, Michael Thomas, right? and. And the Patriots, he he wasn't there for t- uh, for too long. So, you know, after the Super Bowl, he gets out of there. And then Julian Edelman is the Super Bowl MVP. And, yep. you know, Gronk was still there at the time. And now he goes to the Rams, who where he finally gets his five-year deal there. Um, he's going to act as if they're number one. And Cooper Cup leaves. He really didn't shine as much as we thought he would. Because in the Super Bowl, I think uh, there was that, like, phenomenal play by one of the uh, – by one of the McCourties. One of the McCourties who yeah. stopped that like wide open pass in the end zone to um, Brandon Cooks. And again, he's much shorter, so he's not going to go up and get it like all these other yeah. wide receivers. So you really saw the loss in Cooper Cup, and that's what I'm pretty much trying to get at here because that that dude, he's he's huge. He has hands and he's a tough he's a tough guy. And when he was when he was gone, you really saw Jared Goff start the struggle. Definitely. That was when his turnovers uh, really started to Imp- like really go up yeah i'm definitely glad to see him come back though hopefully he can stay healthy because um, he has had some issues with uh with injuries ever yeah. since he got drafted so um here's a big blow niners rookie nick bosa injured his hamstring during otas and mind you this guy did sit out for a portion of his senior season before getting drafted because he was injured to not risk any more injury he jumps into otas and is already injured do you think already and Bo- the Bosa family does have some history of being injured because so Joey Bosa did miss a portion of the season this yeah. year, right? And Nick Bosa, who has had his on and off issues with injuries, this stirs around. The season hasn't even started yet. Do you think he's going to be one of those players that's in and out of the field each and every week because he's always going to be questionable due to injuries? I hope not. I really hope not. He yeah. has so much talent. And like as you brought up his brother – he his brother Joey when he plays because obviously he's he's injured once in a while as you mentioned but when he plays he's a solid player didn't he win defensive rookie of the year yes he did yeah so exactly that just goes to show he is talented he has the talent I believe his brother can be the same way his brother has the talent when he's on the field and it's just a shame to watch someone that has that talent just get that label of oh well they're injury prone and that's like it kind of like deters their career in the NFL and it and it sucks. I mean, I'm hoping that 
it doesn't happen, but with history, that's not a good sign. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, hopefully he can stay healthy. Again, I like the move over there by the Niners on drafting him after the Cardinals passed mm-hmm. on him. I feel like any team in that top three he would have fit perfectly with. Um, but as we mentioned on a previous episode, that him and the 49ers, they have a lot of assets there you can work with. Mm-hmm. and Hopefully he does stay healthy in the future. Um, here's a big thing that came out recently. Uh, the Chiefs proposed the proposed to make a new rule for the NFL that and for overtime that the other team at least can get a possession because that's how they lost in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, so the Chiefs' proposal to guarantee each team at least one possession in overtime is not expected to be approved by owners. Um, we'll know more later on. And yeah. I'm not sure what actually the report came out after that because that actually came out either yesterday or a couple days ago. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think of this? Because overtime rules are always debated each and every year because – now there's there's scenarios like that that come out with the Patriots where they get their first possession in overtime, they score, and Patrick Mahomes, who is the MVP, and also, uh, what was the other one? Oh, Offensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. didn't end up getting his second opportunity to try to score downfield. What do you think of that not getting approved? Is that a big blow by the NFL? I mean, I think that it just needs to, the, everybody just needs to relax because that rule got changed not that long ago to where, because it used to be, um, it used to be both possessions, right? Like not that long ago. It used to be not long ago, and then like it was like when you score a field goal. So. Yeah, and, they know. keep changing it. So I feel like nobody is ever going to be happy. So is this the way that you should keep it? I'm not saying that this is necessarily the rule that they need to keep it at. But what I'm saying is they need to find a rule and just stick with it. I'm not saying this. They, ha- rule. they have to pull like they an, just, an, an, they just need to. They have to pull an MLB because the, yeah. what the MLB does, they don't change any rule. The things that they change are the very little things. It's like, all right, we're gonna since game times move past three hours and so and so, we're gonna try to make it shorter, shorter by pitchers only having two seconds to get back on the mound and yeah, you know, you know, hitters getting back in the box only in a couple seconds because those guys will like walk back to the dugout basically and come all the way back. Yeah. Um, and for the NBA, they don't really change much over there either, so you see how much no one is really complaining when it comes to that. But the NFL, I don't know why they began changing so many rules, and some of them are, benef- some of them are beneficial. For example, mm-hmm. this year, what happened with the Saints and the Rams with the pass interference play, now you can challenge a pass interference, but now there's going to be issues down the line. I feel like it's kind of a, a domino effect because later exactly. on, you can challenge holding calls, and then the games are going to end up being like five hours long. Well, that's the problem. I mean, I feel like there's a point to where... What the league is now establishing is that, oh, well, if you feel that the way that you had lost or something had not gone your way, so it was unfair to you, it's now, oh, well, we could try to bring it up to the league and try to change that rule because we didn't like it. Right. It's kind of just like, it's like, oh, well, like nobody here is, is going up and like, oh, well, I don't like this law, so I think it should be changed. And like, you know, the U.S. government is like, yeah, you know, I'm totally going to just look into that right now. Like. It, they they do change laws, but it, it's not very often. I feel like that's how the NFL has to be. They can change the rules once in a while, but when you start changing it every year or changing it because somebody had an issue with it, now the next person that that happens to, they're like, well, you did it for them, so why would you not do it for us? Yeah. And they feel inclined that now they got screwed or they don't approve, so now their opinion should be brought up and now it should change just because of them. Do you think Patrick Mahomes should have gotten a second possession in that playoff game? I think if Patrick Mahomes got the ball, I think that playoff game would have gone on another hour because I think it would have just gone back and forth. But at the same time, that's a game everyone wants to see. Everyone's exactly. eyes are glued onto the TV screen. 
with these rules, Tom Brady's a field general, dude. Obviously, yeah. he's going to run it downfield, and if his players don't end up scoring, that's on them. Tom Brady got them there, mm-hmm. but Pat Mahomes, however, is the same type of guy, but he's more dynamic, so... They had a very big chance at making it to the Super Bowl, and for that reason that he couldn't get that second possession, um, they couldn't get there. But, you know, everyone wanted to see that, but I feel, I honestly, I think the rule should change, and it's sad to see that the Chiefs aren't getting that approval because they were the team that was seen firsthand that this is what could potentially happen to a playoff team if they don't get that second chance, and they didn't. And so it honestly makes games more interesting if there's two possessions. But I think both teams should have a chance. And if you can't do anything with that chance, that's it. But if you leave exactly. a team, if you leave a team that's clearly, clearly, clear cut capable of driving downfield, because what Patriots do, they always get first downs. They always get like inch their way towards you know the end zone. They're never mm-hmm. that type of team to go ten yards, five yards, and have another ten yard play, six yard run. That happens sometimes. But what you know they do they take it to third down every time every and time. they end up converting on that third down and so they're obviously capable of doing that so yeah i mean i think that they really just need to they they need to have both possessions that's what i personally believe i think so too because then there's all this debate of exactly what you said well mahomes could have come back and like there's so many things left up in the air so if you know, let's say that it was allowed two possessions and Mahomes went out and he didn't convert it. Well, they're like, okay, well, at least we know Mahomes did not do it. He yeah. had the shot. He, he But if you never know, that's exactly it's not a good look. Not Especially good look for the fans of that team, they feel screwed and like they got like you know left out. Yeah, and I don't know why overtime rules are so much more sensitive than you know yeah, having a know. pass interference. A pass inter- interference can happen every single play if that was possible. Yeah, but overtimes don't, don't come over that often. I mean, they're coming up more often, but not. I'm tired of these ties too, man. Yeah, they need to do something with that. Yeah, this isn't this isn't hockey. It's football, yeah. But you guys haven't even gotten rid of Thursday night football yet. If you guys can at least at least get rid of ties first, then we can work over to Thursday night footballs, yeah. which, which I think is ridiculous, by the way. If you play on Sunday and then play on Thursdays, yeah. As we mentioned before, to start legalizing that medical marijuana because these guys have to put a, have a short week and yep. have to put their bodies on the line again after four days. Well, that's what the uh, that's why a lot of the players are complaining about that. There's been a lot of complaints, but nothing's been done yet. Yeah, so hopefully in the future that gets fixed. But that's why Roger Goodell gets booed every single draft. So, so every year. Yeah, every single year. Um, so let's jump into this. I found this very very interesting. So as we mentioned earlier in the show, um, Kyler Murray. Uh, you know, it was it, it's something that we spoke about. How how is that locker room dynamic going to be now? that they got rid of Josh Rosen, who that team ended up having to play for, and that they were under the the uh, idea that he was going to be their upcoming guy. He was mm-hmm. the 10th overall pick or something like that. I forgot. And, you know, he, they end up trading him away. You bring in Kyler Murray, you have to start from scratch again. But apparently he's already winning winning over that locker room. Not sure if you saw that video from Justin Pugh. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it? So yeah. I'm actually going to play it for you guys because I actually have it queued up here. But here's what he did to try to impress his offensive line. He already won, won a lot of guys over with uh, breakfast sandwiches and donuts. Today or the, it was the first day okay. we, we were in last week. But it was a lot of donuts. Like, we couldn't finish the amount of donuts. It might have been like six dozen, and then we had the breakfast sandwiches. So I know I had one of each just to sample it. Uh, so it, it went well. It was in there when we got in there. So that you might have to ask him. But I, he, we had that, and we had some milk too. So he's doing. He's starting off on the right foot. 
Uh, I honestly thought that was one of the most hilarious things I've ever seen yeah. in a very long time. Shout out Kyler Murray, by the way, because he's taken that extra step with all that MLB money that he has to get all these guys that <laughs> yeah. that that um, those donuts and you know breakfast sandwiches. So I honestly think that's very cool. And as we mentioned before, I think that's a very ongoing theme that we have on this show today is that if you have that locker room dynamic and relationship with your guys – um, the sky's the limit for everyone. So I definitely think, even after watching that, as long as I know that the offensive line is on that on his side and he's a playmaker, I think more than Josh Rosen is. I think Josh Rosen is very talented. He hasn't gotten his chance yet. But moving on from him, you have uh, Kyler Murray coming in. He can extend some plays. You got yep. David Johnson helping you out, their offensive line. Larry. Again, I think it's an awful thing that they didn't do any more moves with their offensive line. But if they can make it work then I definitely think the sky's the limit for those guys. And I don't expect them to be a number one pick again next year. Um, they should be around hopefully top 10, top 15, Well, yeah, if I mean, anything. I mean, there was a funny – At worst. I saw a lot of people commenting on that video, and like you know, a few of them were saying uh, – I mean, obviously, it's a great look. It's a great thing to do. You're trying to get your offensive linemen who are basically protecting your life from all these big guys, huge guys that are trying to attack you. So uh, one of the takes that was really funny that I read, I don't know who it was that commented it, but somebody was just like, oh, you know, that's a that's a great idea. Give all your offensive linemen donuts and make them a lot slower so they can't block. And I, I thought it was just funny. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> definitely don't do it every day. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's definitely very cool. And Justin, Justin Pugh is one of those guys that um, – Former giant. Former giant. He's a very nice dude, and it was sad to see him go when he left, but – um, if you can get him on your side, I think everyone should be on your side too. Yeah. So that was very cool to see. Good look. Um, we'll touch on one more thing, and we're not going to end on football here. At least I think so. Um, actually, I'll touch on this last football thing, and then I'll jump in on a basketball thing. I'm not sure if you saw this uh, popular video of Jordan Harold uh, on the Checkdown Instagram mm-hmm. um, that he stood outside the Panther Stadium uh, looking for yeah. his chance. He had no D1 offers. He was a six-string walk-on. He was a captain at Mizzou, undrafted, and has played overseas. And he pretty much did like an interview, I guess, with a bystander or someone, some interviewer or something. And he was pretty much, I just want another chance, you know, I want my chance to play in the NFL. And he pretty much said that I think this is very good for teams to see because you have to you have to leave a lot of your pride aside to do this because that's pretty embarrassing to do. But his sign was actually pretty funny. He's like, we'll play for hot wings yeah, <laughs> or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. And oh. I mean, as we mentioned, there's a lot of teams trouble with money right now. So. Yeah. I think wings. Uh, I think that's a big, uh, a big gain for a team. Yeah, oh, we'll pay you wings. Exactly, but uh, <laughs> no, obviously that's not a legitimate thing you can do. But I honestly thought that was very cool to see yeah. because it, it there's no backup plan for other football players. Yes, you can play no. overseas. You can play in the XFL. You can play in the AAF when it before it folded, mm-hmm. right? And you can make some of your money. And apparently it was out there that you know AAF wasn't paying enough for these players. But yeah. You know, for NFL player, if for NFL players, if you retire after like one season due to an injury, like people like David Johnson or some other, I think the Giants like signed this undrafted free agent last year. He ended up retiring because of some issues happening off the field. You can't do anything after that unless no. there's another league. Like honestly, these players are very lucky to have XFL and like the mm-hmm. AAF come around because that benefited them. And some a lot of AAF players got signed to the NFL, so that's a good yeah. thing to see. But if these these things didn't exist before that and if you become too old, you're not making a lot of money. So no. um, it sucks, but uh, I thought that was very cool to see. And Definitely. I hope this guy gets his chance. I hope he has like a comeback story. Um, even if it's not with, what did you, you know, say, the Panthers? The Panthers, Even yeah. if it's not with them. even if, Just somebody. Just somebody. If he goes to all 32 teams somebody and does sign it, I will be, 
I'll be very, very surprised. Somebody sign him. Somebody <laughs> just put him on the practice squad. It won't hurt you. Exactly. You know. Uh, but let's jump into this real quick, okay? So I saw this thing with Zion, and of course it comes from Bleacher Report because Bleacher Report always loves to post some Zion. Zion and content. LeBron. Yeah, that's Zion and LeBron. That's it. Uh, this was a quote by Zion when he was 16 years old. He said, I try to sign every kid's autograph because I don't want to turn a little kid down because I know it'll hurt him uh, because it hurt me. Anthony Davis John and John Wall turned me down, so I try to sign everybody's. This <laughs> is when he was 16. This guy's about to get drafted to the Pelicans, which was previously Anthony Davis's team, Yeah. and now Anthony Davis is moving on to somewhere else. And well, 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 how the turntables. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the tables have turned here because Zion um, is now going to be – the guy over there in new orleans and i thought that was one of the coolest quotes ever i honestly don't think that's very sustainable in the nba because you're not going to get to everyone and zion is one of the biggest sensations to come around since lebron was drafted yeah um but yeah it's just very cool to see that you know he's taking that spot of anthony davis he's going to fulfill that role and he's gonna try to help this team get to the playoffs um i mean it, it at least it shows that his head is in the right place he's trying to do good for everybody like, yeah. you know, by saying, oh, I want to try to sign all these people's autographs, all these kids' autographs. Like, I mean, obviously, I, I believe most people out there want to do that. But the fact that he's going out there and, you know, really making it known, showing that he's he's out there for everybody, it's it's a good look for him. Definitely a good look. And I'm excited to see what Zion has um, in store for the NFL. Here's the last thing I wanted to touch on. So I like touching up on that quote a little bit, but here it is. So people are worried that Zion's weight's going to kill him. Do you think all that... You know, again, he had one of those verticals where he jumped past it yeah. and there was nothing else there for him to touch. So he had a humongous vertical and he's 285 pounds. Obviously, NFL teams are going to be like, all right, we love that you're here, but you're going to have to lose at least 25 pounds or something yeah. like that. Um, do you think since he is in like Louisiana, in New Orleans specifically, with all that food they're going to be giving him just because he's on the Pelicans <laughs> that he gains more weight? And will that weight kill him in the NBA? I mean, as you mentioned, he's he's very borderline to where he doesn't have much room to, to kind of gain. So, like, for example, you know, like Giannis. Giannis in the offseason, he put on a lot of weight. And he, it, was, it was muscle. It wasn't like he just ate and put on weight. But he was very thin. And he had a lot of room to work with in terms of gaining weight and bulking up. Because now he looks, you know, like an average guy. He, before, he was so thin. So I feel like Zion now looks more than an average guy. He's he's very right. built. He's very big, as you mentioned. He's 285. And uh, I feel like, you know, if if he tries to to work with anything, he's, he's very, very thin. I mean, because if he comes, he's very close to 300. I feel like if you go over 300, no matter whether it's muscle or not, it, it's going to be very tough. The only other player his weight right now is Boban on the on oh, the, uh, yeah. and the he's Sixers. Huge. He's and he's huge. huge. And he was in John Wick 3. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, I think he should be fine. Dude's very young. He's only he's a one and done player in college and it was if they could have drafted him in high school, they probably would have. Yeah. Um but uh I, he's got so much time in his career to do that and uh he's going to perform well. I just every time I think of his weight and it's not his fault that this happened obviously because that's the way yeah. he's built and his genetics and stuff like that but when he when he first blew through his shoe and he hurt his mco oh, yeah. if he weighed a lot less it, would I not think it wouldn't have happened that much but again that's a it was a crazy thing that happened that's probably not going to happen again it was a nike shoe do you think he signs with nike especially That'd after be hilarious. that that would be hilarious but the fact that they have 
LeBron James on a long on a lifetime deal worth like a billion something dollars. Yeah, I think Zion is more inc- more inclined to sign with those guys. Did you uh, Did you see the video of Zion throwing a football? Have you seen that? I d- oh yeah, he like he tossed launched it. it. He tossed it like a no- like literally just like no not effort. even not e- no effort. Yeah, that's what I meant. And, and he it, it flew. Oh my god! Like, yeah, that was crazy. It was insane. He was just on the beach and he just launched it. Like obviously it's on a beach and you're not standing by the field. You don't know how long it f- went. It looked like it was going like 50 yards. Like and he just like casually just flicked his wrist and it just went. Yeah. Uh, so I missed one thing and I hate to end on this note, but I definitely want to touch on it. So Bills head coach Sean McDermott says tight end Tyler Croft suffered a broken foot during OTA drills and will require surgery. It's the same foot he injured in Cincinnati last year. And there was a meme right after, like you know, where like the hands come together. Yeah. Like it was like Cincinnati Bengals on one end, Buffalo Bills on the other side. Then the hands are like having injured white tight ends named Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't even know Tyler Eifert's is he uh, even still status. On the team? Uh, he's got to retire now, dude. Because he broke his leg or something last year. Completely right? snapped his leg. Yeah, yeah. it was awful. Because it was against us. I remember yeah. watching it. It was yeah. nasty. Awful, awful. And you know he's had back injuries and stuff like that. But back to Tyler Croft, that dude in Cincinnati put in work if Tyler, when, Ty, when yeah. uh, Tyler Eifert wasn't there. So it's sad to see him go. Um, that's a blow for the Bills, but at the same time, what what move isn't a blow for the Bills? I mean, they got <laughs> they basically got Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown's like, I'm not going there. So, yeah. So that that's that stinks. But um, but yeah, I don't think I have anything else. Is there anything else you remember from this week, football wise? Um, I mean, the only thing that's very very insignificant that I could think of is that they just they uh. For the playoff games, apparently the West Coast games, they're they're pushing them to like later times. Yeah, you're like, right. Like I think it's from like one to four, and now it's like three to three thirty and six thirty or something like that. Yeah. So let me take a look at this here. So, um, I remember seeing it somewhere, but it wasn't it wasn't a huge impact. But it, I just remember seeing. Oh it. yeah, change of playoff scheduling. NFL is moving this uh the start games for Sunday divisional games to three p.m. and six thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time was originally one o five p.m. and four forty p.m. So that pretty much means if you're not using if you're using Red Zone, you're still going to get the games. But if you're not using Red Zone, you're still going to have to watch two games at once because it's not yeah. done yet. Um, but that's that's pretty much yeah. And hold on, let me touch on another thing. Um, oh, Commissioner Roger Goodell says NFL will not interfere with ongoing investigations involving Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill. A lot of people were giving a lot of backlash about this, but I don't think that's an issue. I think they're just going to let the police do it, and then whenever it comes back, they're going to suspend yeah, him or just get rid of him. It's it's not it's not their place. I mean, it's they're they're the business, and they're the ones that you know should get the final verdict of what the police say. But it's not their job to really, I feel, do the full investigation. In this job, in this case, it's the police's job. Let them run their thing, and if they believe, as you know, professionals, and and that's what they do. If they believe he did it, or if they believe he did not, and that's what I feel like should be the best decision. Definitely. And let's get a little bit of housekeeping here. Cleveland has been chosen to host the 2021 NFL Draft. Vegas in 2020, but Cleveland is in 2021. I'd have no reaction to this. A lot of people were just like, no, but I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I mean, I don't think like after the first ten picks, no one cares anyway. Exactly. So, so why does it matter where it is? Yeah, <laughs> it, it I don't doesn't. Know. Yeah, people shouldn't be freaking out over that. Um, the NFL Combine will stay in Indianapolis for the time being. Here's what's new: drills on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday are being moved to prime time during next year. Great. So I was hoping that would that happen. means they want us to be eating Doritos and watching these people do their combine drills i guess but yeah don't they usually do it in like the afternoons while it is everyone's usually, busy uh, 
I mean, I don't know because I would wake up at certain times and it would be like 10 o'clock a.m. and they would have stuff on. I don't know if it was the reruns from the day before, but there was like constant stuff on from the draft. I mean, from the combine. Yeah. I don't uh, know. So last couple things here to continue our housekeeping. Uh, Raiders released veteran quarterback Andrew Jones. So I guess all they have left is there Mike, Michael Glennon, Mike Glennon, and a bunch of, who else do they have on there? I knew Landry Jones is there. They do have somebody else that's... Oh, what's his name? Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Right? Yeah, I think so. Or did he get signed by like the Seahawks I've, or something? I don't, I don't know. They have, I totally they have every free agent quarterback on the Raiders right now. Yeah. And <laughs> speak, if we, forgot, we forgot to mention that the Redskins were already on signing another linebacker. Um, after the loss of Ruben Foster. Uh, the Redskins signed veteran linebacker John Bostic, who spent last season with the Steelers. And I honestly think that's an even that's a pretty good move uh, because the Steelers were honestly sad. They were, they were actually saddened to see John Bostic go. Yeah. So pretty good move by the Redskins there. And back to Gerald McCoy, and this is how we come full circle. Uh, <laughs> the Browns and the Ravens are on his short list of teams he's intrigued by. Browns um, and Ravens? Browns and Ravens. Ooh. Well, that's so, interesting because the Ravens lost – Two big guys. They lost Suggs and uh, what's the other guy that they lost? And Mosley. He's most likely to visit Cleveland soon rather than later. So he's probably going to see Cleveland first. Well, that was the thing because I think uh, it was either Odell or Jarvis. I'm not sure. There was something posted for the Browns and and he commented on it. And then I think Jarvis commented back at him with the eye emojis. He was like, ooh. Yeah. So, so maybe maybe something's going on. I don't know. Maybe yeah. we don't know about it yet. But yeah. so final final thing here, and this is all I have left. We talked football beginning to end. We're at an hour and a half for crying out loud. The Saints worked out several running backs today, including Rob Kelly, Fat Rob Kelly, um, Kelly, Javorius Allen or Buck Allen, Buck Allen, yeah, and Fozzie Whitaker. Can they just stop with running backs? I don't know. Hopefully Darius Geis puts up, you know, a pretty good performance this year because we missed out on him last year due to ACL injury. Aren't they keeping Adrian Peterson for like another year or something like that? Yeah. Or they're kind of unsure yet? I'm not too sure, but you do need that next guy because Chris Thompson gets injured each and every year. Um, I don't think Rob Kelly is a really good fit for... Wait, hold on. Why was, I was thinking Redskins, but it's because Rob Kelly's in the Redskins. I meant the Saints. So, yeah, the Saints obviously have... Uh, what's his name? Yeah, Alvin Kamara. I and him. And backing up him is who? Uh, It was... It was Ingram, Ingram, Ingram. But he's gone. Yeah, he's gone. So I, I think they did get somebody, though. I think there is somebody on that team that they got. Someone They had Gillisley. I think they cut him, though. Uh, I'm not sure, but they... I don't... I, I my damn division only has running backs. I swear. McCoy's a free agent. Lashawn McCoy. If you get him there. Oh, he he's a still a free agent. He's a free agent after the Bills released him. Yeah. Oh God. Maybe so they he got could him sneak and in there. Ajayi. If they get Buck Allen, he's pretty much the same type of player that Alvin Kamara is, except Alvin Kamara is like way way better. Alvin Kamara just does really cool videos on a on a medicine ball. Yeah, I know that is insane. Catching, I think we talked about all that. Well, yeah, about that we already, did. But yeah, that's all. That's all I got. That's yeah, max that's max NFL news that I have here. So we could pretty much wrap it up here. So that being said, you guys can follow us on Twitter at franchise tag pod. You can follow our Instagram at franchise tag sports. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at Franchise Tech Sports Podcast. We have around three cl- three clips up there now from the past three episodes. Um, expect some more episodes to be up there. Um, each and every week, especially uh, a clip out of this episode. If you want to check it out and see what clip we use there, feel free to do that. Make sure to leave a review and rating on Apple Podcasts, and uh, you can listen to us on Spotify as well or any other streaming platform you listen to podcasts on. But other than that, that's about it. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs>